0: Hello, this is Mrs. Reynolds, and this is an auditory podcast study guide for Biology 101 Exam 2, which covers chapters 2b, chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 8. For chapter 2b, make sure that you know the four major categories of macromolecules. These included proteins, lipids, carbohydrates, and nucleic acids which would be DNA and RNA under the proteins make sure that you're familiar with the four structures primary which is amino acids linked by peptide bonds so it looks like a chain and the secondary is where you start to get the coils and pleats which form the rungs of the ladder of the DNA molecule and the sugar backbones on the sides. Um, The third is tertiary, which is 3D. And an example of that would be myoglobin found in muscles. And then the fourth is 4D, which is quaternary. And that one is the proteins that are the large macromolecules like hemoglobin, enzymes antibodies and larger proteins so make sure that you study the carbohydrates you have monosaccharides disaccharides and polysaccharides mono means one and monosaccharides include glucose and galactose for example make sure you can recognize a few examples of disaccharides such as lactose which is the biggest one the main one that has to break down, that's milk sugar, and sucrose, which is table sugar, and then make sure that you know a few examples of polysaccharides, such as starch in plants, glycogen, which is the storage in the liver cells of human beings, and the chitin molecule, which is found in the cell walls of things like fungi and protozoans. It's also the exoskeleton of insects. So that is some examples of those. Make sure that you know that the lipids, that one of the biggest category is the phospholipids, and those form the phospholipid bilayer membrane of the plasma cell membrane of the cell. The hydrophilic, water-loving, water-attracting glycerol heads, both sets of those face the intracellular fluid and the extracellular fluid because they attract water. Whereas both the tails, the fatty acid chains or the tails, they face each other towards the inside or the middle of the cell membrane and those are hydrophobic or water-fearing. That's where all of the channel proteins are located so that things that cannot directly cross the cell membrane go through some of the channels that are always open or some that are gated or some that squeeze and help carry things across during facilitated transport. Make sure that you know those three junctions, the gap junction, which is how plants and how other types of cells, they share electrolytes and water between each other. The tight seal that is formed by the barrier junction. It forms a barrier between things like the blood-brain barrier, so that microbes and fluids can't get in there that aren't supposed to be there. And then you've got the spot welds, which just basically kind of loose, loosely hold things like skin cells together, and those are loose junctions. So those are the three. If you were to inject dye, in an individual to have a kidney scan, a pylogram, for example, the reason it shows up is because those dye molecules go from cell to cell to cell because they pass through those gap junctions in between each other. Make sure that when you're studying chapter three, okay, those are cells. Um, make sure that you know the prokaryotes and the eukaryotes and prions and viruses, the structure, the all of the different parts that make them up, which ones are living, which ones are non-living. Viruses and prions are just all cellular, meaning they're non-cellular infectious particles. Prions cause Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease. They're misfolded proteins. They cause... Spongiform encephalopathy in the brain, which is fatal. Viruses, they are basically three parts. A protein capsid shell formed from capsomeres, form around nucleic acid, which is DNA or RNA, but never both at the same time. And then glycoprotein spikes that stick out and help them dock to the host cell receptors. Viruses are not considered to be alive because they have to rely on their host cell machinery in order to replicate and make parts and assemble and make new virions and butt out. And so on their own, they are not alive. They hijack host cells and they use them in order to make viral particles and to copy their viral DNA or RNA. There's many different types of viruses and viruses are not able to be treated with antibiotics. Antibiotics will not work against viruses because they have a completely different structure than the eukaryotic cells. Look at your study guide and have your textbook open, especially to those pages where you have cells on the, images and they're all labeled. It will also help you to have out your scientific journal drawing of the cells that you drew and labeled because you need to know the parts and you need to know their functions for each type of cell, the prokaryote and the eukaryote cell. All those little organelles and things, you need to know what they do, how they divide, how they share their genetics, and also make sure that you know what kinds of things that they have that are similar, which ones they have that are different. For example, eukaryotes have a nucleus. Prokaryotes do not. They just have that central nucleoid area where their genetic information is housed, but it is not surrounded by a nuclear membrane, and it does not have membrane-bound organelles. So make sure you compare and contrast I will show you how to draw a Venn diagram, because when you're studying for comparison contrast, it's great to make a Venn diagram, which is a circle cross lapping or overlapping another circle, and you put their differences on either side and you put their similarities in the middle, and you can use brightly colored markers or colored index cards, and that will help you study those kinds of things also if you do your quiz ahead of time then studying the quiz will help you with some of the questions on that section of the test as well so chapter three is basically all cell structure and function and you had a lot of medical terminology in that chapter so if you've written your 20 terms go ahead and study those as well because that will also help you in knowing the term and the definition as far as what it does also, make sure that in chapter four, that you study the tissues and be able to know the different types of tissues, such as fibrous tissue. There's loose and dense fibrous connective tissue. Um, know the different types of connective tissue. Know the different types of cartilage, hyaline, fibrocartilage and elastic. Know all of the different systems and what's involved in each, the body cavities, what lines the body, cavities and what lines the outside of the organism and i would study all of those key terms in there in chapter four for all of the tissues the integumentary system is your skin hair nails mucous membranes it's the first line of defense it's a barrier and it's the largest organ Know the different layers of epithelial tissue. Squamous is a single layer, it's your outer skin. The epidermis is the outer layer, dermis is underneath, subcutaneal tissue is the fatty tissue under that. Make sure that you know the transitional and cuboidal, they can stretch and fill up. Cuboidal tend to line glands, the urinary tract, the bladder, the kidneys, the ureters, and your urethra because they can fill up with fluid and expand. Uh, You need to know pseudo-stratified, which appear stratified or layered, but not really. Stratified or true layers. A lot of times the pseudo-stratified are lined with either microvilli in the gut, which are adapted for absorption of minerals and nutrients and vitamins, whereas the ciliated, transitional, and Pseudostratified cells in the respiratory system have the little cilia or hairs on them that sweep irritants away, and that's the part that can be damaged by smoking. But it is able to regenerate, so make sure you study those. And let's see, in terms of cells and solutions, you need to understand what happens to cells in isotonic, hypertonic, and hypotonic solutions, be able to recognize examples of what would happen if you put cells in a certain type of IV fluid, if they would swell up and lyse or hemolyze, or if they would shrink up and cremate, or if there's no movement on either side of the fluid, there's no fluid movement, then it would be isotonic know the difference between the terms osmosis, special diffusion of water. It's when water moves across a semi-permeable membrane. Diffusion is when the solute um, moves across the membrane or it just, if you put dye in water, eventually it'll completely diffuse into the water because the opposite charges attract to each other. Um, Make sure that you remember that iodine experiment where um, which molecule moves across the membrane if you have an example or if you put plant cells in hypertonic, hypotonic, isotonic solution which one has more solute or sodium in the fluid and which one is higher in the cells and which way does the water move? Uh, It's helpful to study that scientific drawing that you had and other examples like it to help you have a visual understanding of that concept. And that's a very important concept to understand. Chapter eight is what we covered today. We did not finish it, but go over HIV virus. Uh, Make sure that you know that there's less than 200 CD4 T cells or T lymphocytes when it's referred to as AIDS. There's the three different phases, acute, chronic, and AIDS. So you need to know those three. Um, Make sure that you know the whole viral infectious process and the infectious process of the HIV virus particle into host cells. Know the causative agent of malaria, which is the Plasmodium species, it is a protist or a protozoan. It's a type of parasite and infects red blood cells. Quinine is a treatment for that, or chloroquinolone. Make sure that you know the causative agent of um, HIV is a virus. And the causative agent of creutzfeldt jacob disease is a prion. And... Um, oh, mycobacterium species. The mycobacterium species is a bacteria that causes tuberculosis. There are similarities between multidrug-resistant tuberculosis and MRSA. They're both multidrug-resistant organisms. MRSA is a form of Staphylococcus aureus that is resistant to everything in the penicillin family. So anything in, ending in psyllin, it's resistant to. Methicillin, oxicillin, ticarcillin, amoxicillin, pipercillin, it is resistant to all of those things. So just remember that and remember that it's multi-drug resistant and so is multidrug resistant tuberculosis. Both of those are on the rise, especially amongst HIV AIDS patients. So make sure that you study that.